you're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 151, where we will be jumping into City of Fallen Angels with chapter one, The Master. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> Woohoo. For some reason, the name of this chapter just clicked because, like, that's a weird name. And then I was like, oh, wait. They call a character the master. A lot. <laughs> yeah. You idiot. It just made me think of the master from Doctor Who. And then that's the only face I could see when they were talking about the person in the chapter. And it was weird. The only thing I can think of weird. is master, master, master of puppets. Yeah. Obby. Uh-huh. Obby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't even call me a nerd for that, Amanda. Nope. <laughs> That's my dirtbag side. <laughs> oh, something that I wanted to correct, for, or not correct, clarify from last week because of course I say things and then I edit and then I decide to put it out anyways and then I worry about it and stress (laughs) out about it even though probably no one cares um I don't mind talking to people who come to fix things in my house about the thing (laughs) that they are there to fix or about the house or questions I have no problem with that I don't, I don't like it when they start asking questions about me. <laughs> you don't want to uncom- make small talk uh, yes, either. Exactly. exactly. I'm uncomfortable when anyone tries to ask questions about me. I am immediately suspicious. I'm like, you're casing the joint. You're going to try and kill me. You're trying to figure out what my schedule yep. is. I watch way too much true crime. <laughs> mm. I saw a sticker. I was looking for stickers for my water bottles and my coffee mugs because I am that basic. Same And I don't have any. And I feel like they would be really cute. And I saw one that said small talk survivor. And I was like, dude, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to put any stickers on my new car. Because mm-hmm. I was like, it's too mm-hmm. nice of a car. I'm not doing that. And then I saw a sticker that said, um, what was it? Please let me merge before I start crying. And I was like, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> that is an accurate statement. Yes. I didn't I get it. it. But that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that might be worth it. <laughs> oh, that's oh, great. Oh, gosh. You guys. This is, I was talking to Bryn today and I told her, you know, we were recording and I was like, I I was after I picked her up from theater and and I said, oh, I I have to write my script or whatever. And she's like, oh, and I said, we're starting a new book. And she's like, oh yeah. She goes, what number is that? And then I counted, this is our eighth book, you guys. That's crazy. How wild is that? Is it? Yeah. We did the first three mortal instruments and then we did the three infernal devices and then we did the bane chronicles okay red, yeah red scrolls no or yes, yes. red scrolls sorry red scrolls Not the bane chronicles um yeah yeah okay yeah so this is book number eight i got you yeah. i got you 
We're coming up on three years. I, um, crazy. As you know, yes. as we've debated, I prefer the Kindle when I'm doing my script because mm-hmm. I trying to keep the book open and type just makes me want to shoot daggers at my face. So I bought the Kindle version and it scared me because the picture of it is uh, on the Kindle one is it's Izzy with like a purpley blue background and she like has a whip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one you are holding. Yes. The book I have physically in my house is the first edition US cover. So it's like a red. Yeah. Orange motif with like Clary and Jace on the front of it. So which looks like the last book now Mm -hmm. in the new release. Right. And so I thought that I gave everybody the wrong chapter information and I like had a panic attack. You did not. And I did not. (laughs) Right. I didn't. People wouldn't have been able to figure it out. Yeah. Because it's chapter one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Mine's missing a cover because mine was paperback, Mm. but I think mine was the one that Kristen has. You don't have the... This is the newest edition. Jacket. When they recovered all of them, um, they they redid all of them with new art and stuff um, to make them all, like, cohesive across Mm -hmm. um, all of the series. The binding or whatever. Yeah. And then they did all of Well, they have the spine art. Vignette. So yeah, that's cool. what it is. The spine, yeah. And in this one, so um, cool. Because mm-hmm. oddly enough, uh, Robin and I are opposites. Um, I I read all, I have all of the books on Kindle. I have them all on Audible. Um, but I like to write my script from a physical copy of the book. So I didn't have a physical copy Same. of Fallen Angel. So I had to order one, and it came today. So I'm saying that that's why I didn't write my script until last minute. Right. But I know that that's not true. And you know that that's not true. I mean, you said you got started at 530. And I was like, that feels early for you. It does kind of feel early for me. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Look, new year, new me. Not true. New year, same me. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of a new year, happy birthday, Robin. Oh, God, shit. Yes. Happy birthday, Robin. Yeah. One year. Tell us about how your day of birth yeah. was. I was going to say one year older, but that was lame. And then I said it anyway. <laughs> so here we are. It was cool. <sighs> what did I say to you? I made good food and got many compliments. So my ego was sufficiently inflated. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you need. Which is always Absolutely. a W. Uh-huh. Even though I was like, I'm not cooking on my birthday. I was. I right. was going to. It was mm-hmm. fine. You liked it. I did. It was delicious. Um. And I had, like, good cake and stuff, which was cool. Awesome. And I got gift cards. And then um, my husband picked out shirts for me from Hot Topic, which was very nice. They went into the (laughs) store. And um, he picked out one and my daughter picked out the other, I think. Or it was a tag team effort. I don't know. And she's like, did you like the shirt that I got you? And it's a Metallica Mm -hmm. tank top. And it is the graphic on it. Very thoughtful really cute i really like it but it's a crop top mm-hmm. i was like yeah it kind of like goes up to my belly button but it's supposed <laughs> to because it's a crop top but it might look really cute with a skirt mm-hmm. uh-huh. so i've yeah. decided if i'm gonna For keep sure. it or not and then i got a gryffindor shirt which is kind of like 
I took the take off of it because I thought it said Hogwarts. And I was like, why is there just a lion on it? And I was like, oh, dang it. I should have returned it. But it's fine. It's fine. Wait, why? Because she's not a Gryffindor. Yeah. But what are you? You're the girl one. She's a Hufflepuff. Did you say girl? Hufflepuff. The one the, one the girl was in the movie. Or the book. Or whatever. Hermione. She was a Gryffindor. Mm-mm. Oh. Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Okay. You know nothing about anything. <laughs> I literally know nothing. You are absolutely correct. And it is not a big deal. It's like the shirt fit very well and it was super soft. So I don't even know. I'm a 35-year-old woman. Why do I care? <laughs> well, because if my husband got me a Backstreet Boys shirt, I would probably be a little offended. But it's... I'm an insane girl. Th- this is more like if your favorite album was No Strings Attached, but That's he got fair. you the original mm-hmm. cover, but he knew it was in sync. Right. We all you know, know the I mean? original is the best. I know. Okay. I just, gosh, it is true. You're all I ever wanted. They have I an really... in-sync crew neck at Torrid, and I thought of you when I saw it on the internet. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <sighs> no, you know what they need to do? They need to bring back good Charlotte memorabilia, and now I'll be wearing that. Mm-hmm. I'd rock that shit. <laughs> That's how you should do your hair. You should just yeah. <laughs> I should just do. I should just look like just do the Benji Madden. <laughs> Robin, what was what that TikTok you sent? Luck. That was the guy working at Target, and he had like the the flock of the flock of seagulls hair going on. Was that you that sent that to me? I don't think so. And the music is like, tonight will be the night. And it, <laughs> they're singing it super, super over-exaggerated. That I will fall for you. Oh, that's the sound on Andy TikTok. is obsessed with yeah. it. Yeah. They Andy's do stuff obsessed. where it's like, he's singing it all the time. <laughs> dog hair, like, that goes kind of emo hair. They put that sound in front of it where you see the dog with, like, whatever. Yes. God. Oh, so funny. Okay, I yeah. have questions for you guys, and then I have important stuff Ooh, to share. Do it. Okay. Okay, let's move so on. So we have to ask. It's the new year. Have you guys settled on a resolution? Why are you laughing? Well, because I told you this. I feel like we went over this last year. I think my we resolution did. is I... to take down my Christmas stuff uh, the first week, <laughs> so that way I just get it done and over with. And guess what? It happened already. It's done. I mean, oh, goal achieved. Except wow. the outside of the house, but I feel like that's not, that's kind of like, Agreed. the outside of the house is like the garbage. I, it's not mm-hmm. my thing. I don't do that. Not your job. I don't touch it. Mm-mm. No. It's none of your business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, mm. I don't, look, I don't really do res- like New Year's resolutions just because mm-hmm. like, I never fulfill them and then I just feel shitty about myself exactly yeah um but I have been doing like I like to set goals like for the year and stuff like in in certain like aspects kind of what a resolution yeah but not like (laughs) I'm not gonna like change my whole life right yeah yeah I hear you I'm gonna change my whole life You're a dick. I'm so sorry. It just reminded me of when you were like, Kristen, you have to read it out loud. <laughs> so I got a double whammy. 
Huh. <laughs> Listen, Linda. <laughs> They're not the same thing. But okay, okay. Tell us on, your goals. On reflection, over because I, I really the last the week between Christmas and New Year's, I really just t- took a lot of time to like kind of re- reflect and stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I think I'm just gonna kind of ride winter and we'll see what things come in the spring that's kind of where I'm at I'm like I'm just going with the flow I'm I'm going with the flow I'm gonna take it easy and just keep ruminating and then maybe make some make some changes in the spring we'll see I thought you were gonna say make some brownies so I'm into that I don't know why I thought that but now I want to make brownies. <laughs> yes. <sighs> ah, cool. But I want to make special brownies. It doesn't Amanda, go. We're, we're waiting with bated breath for you, my love. For me? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, no, mine's weird. It's. Um, <laughs> I don't I guess it's not weird. It's just, um, it's oddly specific. Like, I am trying to worked on waking up earlier in the morning instead of like because I work from Mm -hmm. home and so I usually wake up like 40 minutes before I'm supposed to start work and I'm like this is stupid why wouldn't I wake up before the kids so I can make sure I shower Mm -hmm. and I can actually have like adult time and get ready for work and everything without being rushed and you know get ready for to take Lincoln to school and stuff and then also I want to um try to take care of myself a little better in the sense like I want to put lotion on my legs when I get out of the shower and I want to Andy got me this facial steamer for Christmas it is so freaking cool I'm so excited I want to start taking better care of my skin and stuff because you know I'm on that back half of 30 so I love it I gotta do something care I love it Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Self care, basically. You, yeah. you have little children, but you also need to be taken yeah. care of. <laughs> I'm yeah. a human. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. I tried to get up early this morning, and Andy asked me, he was like, I asked him what time he was getting up this morning because he had to leave early. And he was like, You have literally never been able to get up early ex- unless it's like for work or something and I was like I I feel like it's probably because like the last four years I've been getting up all night long with our children mm. and he's like okay yeah I guess Fair you're enough. right yeah because hmm. <laughs> he just sleeps right fucking yeah. through it he has no idea when I how many times or when I'm up you know so he was like okay you win <laughs> but this morning I got up an hour and a half earlier than I normally do and of course as soon as I wake up the baby oh. wakes up and she never wakes up that oh, early no. <laughs> but still we had plenty of time to you know shower did it feel nice so. it did it felt really good I wasn't rushed I started work early so I didn't feel so rushed you know throughout mm-hmm. the day and stuff so I'm a huge proponent yeah, really of, of waking up early I love the morning I'm a crazy person I, though. I'm one of those stupid people that stays up late like mm. What is that called, Robin? Like revenge time, basically. Revenge bedtime, yeah. I need my me time. Yeah. And so I'm trying to switch that to mornings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought about that too. That's and I'm like, I'm staying up till like three o'clock in the morning because I'm like, but yeah. what if I just got up at five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I didn't have to leave my house until 730. Like, what What about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> what could you do with your life if you weren't just in bed watching You TikToks? could watch the sunrise every morning like I do. Crazy. It's amazing. 
it's just all the more coffee. Exactly. <laughs> and coffee, like, super early in the morning tastes better. Oh, I yeah. believe it. Because you need yeah. it more. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, hopefully saying them out loud like this will um... – Okay, you guys are done with yours, but it'll help me keep I to like mine. It. That's my hope. I like it. Okay. And those are those seem very cool like share. manageable and reasonable goals. Yeah, that's they're what I not wanted. like I'm not like gonna try to lose yeah, hundred pounds. They're not, you know, I'm like, gonna like, change everything <laughs> about my life starting tomorrow. Like yeah. today, yeah, <laughs> and now. <laughs> Oh, there was this one time that I was on a diet because before I had IVF, I did have to lose a little bit of weight and just be a little bit healthier for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was on a diet trying to eat healthy, do all this stuff. And I forgot I was on a diet and Robin and I went out to eat and she was like, I'm really sorry that we did this. Like, I know this wasn't good for you. And I was like, dude, I totally forgot until you just apologized. It's fine. <laughs> Robin hoodwinked you into cheating on your diet. It was like Chipotle. It wasn't like we like or, went yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It just we had it just was go, rice like, or something. I eat ice cream. Yeah, it exactly. Was low carb it was or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she could have got a salad. It wasn't just like I wasn't like mm-hmm. eat the burrito bowl. <laughs> Although if you're gonna break a diet, it is going to be with me. Right. It will be, and it will be sushi. Always. I'm not going to say that's a personality flaw because it is not. <laughs> nope. Okay. It's uh, almost been 20 minutes and we're flapping our okay. gums. So share what you have to share with the class. Yes. Yes. I have a, um, it's a review and my screen is a little wonky. So I'm sorry if I say this username incorrectly because it looks like there might be some digits in there I'm missing but it's please fix with a hash in the middle of it what is that called hyphen oh uh, underscore hyphen it looks like a little winky face okay it's very cute Mm. oh cute okay okay it's I don't know if blurry so I'm okay why it's supposed to be there but that's what it looks like and it's adorable well I do like it so please fix okay got it I like that okay the title is finally caught up I found your podcast in October, and I've spent the last couple of months listening on my one-hour commute to and from home, as well as any driving I have to do for work a lot. I'm sad I'm all caught up because I know I will only get an episode a week. I've enjoyed hearing the different perspectives, and I can't wait for y'all to read Bane of the Bane Chronicles. (laughs) Also, thank you for making the end of Clockwork Princess less emotionally (laughs) devastating. wasn't on purpose I know that (laughs) I don't know how you did that but you did I'm looking forward to the rest of TMI it feels weird that I covered almost three years of podcasts (laughs) in two months dude we didn't even read this first this review is all over the place but thank you for this podcast and I hope you continue for all of the books even though there's a lot oh my gosh thank you so much yeah thank you oh we're we're plowing through shit We've committed. We're that three is years like, in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Crazy. Ima- three imagine years. the binge, man. That is a lot it. of listening well, to people in a I... very high octave of voice. 
<laughs> well, and I feel that too in my soul when you're oh, when you're done with binging something and you're just like, now right. what? Like I don't uh-huh. even. Who am I? Where do I live? <laughs> what planet is this? <laughs> what am I yeah. supposed to do with my life? Oh my god! I know oh, that's like I finished well, thank Air you. of Fire, and I was like, I should just buy the other book. I'm like, but I don't know if I could read it as much as I could do whatever. But mm. I'm like, I don't know. So I started. What was it? What is it called? Song of Achilles. Kristen. Song of Achilles. Uh, and I finished over half of it today. So there's that. Wow. And, um, so another sleepless right? night. <laughs> was I right? I, okay, listen, I know this is, I'm sorry we sidebarred and this is a very, very, I will make it super concise. It's important. I wasn't sure if Mm -hmm. I was going to like the way, I'm not even going to call it prose, I guess, is written. Mm -hmm. Like the, the voice of the, the protagonist, it's kind of like a first person, third person, Mm -hmm. past, whatever. And it kind of threw me off at first. And I'm just like, it makes it so much better. I love it. Mm-hmm. I do. And the guy mm-hmm. is so talented that is narrating. Yes. It's like, I. It's it almost made me at first, I had to see if it was like a ensemble, actually different people mm-hmm. doing voices. And I was like, this guy's probably just that talented. Crazy. It reminds me of the lady that does uh, Chain of Gold. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. I'm, I so, I'm don't... so happy that you're you're finally reading it. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't know if I want to finish it, but I have yes, to. You have to. It's but it's kind of like you know how it's going to end anyway. Right. Well, like that's you don't know how. Right. You know the story. Exactly. You know the you know the mm-hmm. beats of the story. You just don't know how it's going to uh-huh. be told in this rendition. That, Perspective. Well, the, that I feel like sometimes that um Kind of like what we were talking about with um, Red Scrolls is sometimes that can like because it takes away the stakes and so it kills things because you already know it's going to happen. But in this mm-hmm. specific case with the Song of Achilles, this story that we know from mythology is like there's so many variations of it, right? Like you you have the the key points that get hit in every story, but like they're so wildly different and none of them are very like intricate, right? Like they're just kind of broad stories about these characters or archetypes. Um, Whereas in Song of Achilles, like you get this character, you get like who this person is like more fleshed out. And I feel like it almost raises the stakes knowing what the ending is, makes you more like, it made me more like, like stressed out and anxious. I was just, I was like, it was more tension. Yeah, agree. Anyway, Words. that is Sorry. a sidebar. Let's too many of them. It was necessary. Home run into City of Fallen Angels. Oh my gosh! All right, let's cut the chit chat and not kick things off with Robin's recap because there is no recap unless you want to recap uh, very shortly what happened in the first three books. <laughs> Um, what did I say I always wanted to do for uh, a recap Um, stuff happened and and people did things the end (laughs) the end so um, to to put this in perspective we're we're coming off of uh, we're coming off of the the war um, and the mortal war 
I believe during the t- the beginning of this book, Alec and Magnus are on their vacation. Like they had just left for their vacation. Okay. Of. So this is what's going on back home, I believe. If I remember correctly. If I don't, fucking sue me. I don't know. Um, please don't <laughs> sue me. I have no money, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so... <laughs> Literally, my one of my headlights in my car, like, I can't get it to, like, not burn through a bowl. Oh, God, don't talk about your car again. Come on. You're stressing me out. <laughs> There's a backup, though, right? Well, yeah, I usually drive with my high beams on because my high beam works on that side, but then that went out, and so now i got to fix that. <laughs> Dude, listen, Betty has quirks, but she's my girl. So. Yeah. Yeah. Keep telling yourself that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So just for you, Amanda, we're jumping back into the weeds with Amanda's favorite. (laughs) The eye roll. You guys, if we were on camera, which we aren't because we're not, none of us are wearing makeup. Gobble, gobble. I look like Spinelli from Recess. <laughs> I look like Two Face from from what was it, Batman Begins or something? The the one with Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. Why would you think we would have watched that? Oh, have you? Not I, seen I know what you're talking Batman about. Movies? Whatever, oh. whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so Simon's doing this sullen teenage vampire thing, brooding alone over an untouched coffee in an empty diner, you know, as you do in the early aughts as a Mm -hmm. a teenage vampire boy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Our introduction is mostly exposition in the form of Simon's internal monologue, and he's being very, like, Edward-y. Uh, feeling sorry for himself as he remembers life before vampirism um, and his favorite borscht at this diner, which I think is so cute. He talks about like the, the vegetarian pierogies and I love pierogies because they're basically just like dumplings filled with mashed potatoes and it's awesome. Yum. <laughs> they're delicious. It sounds amazing. I have not had one still. <clears throat> yeah. I have to Same. make some. We'll have to do, like, a dinner or whatever. Um. So, yeah, Simon misses food, which, by the way, he describes that, like, mm. blood still just tastes like blood, and it doesn't suddenly become delicious, and he remembers that, like, he misses human food and stuff. I feel like that's the most uh. tragic thing about Simon becoming a vampire. Uh-huh. Like, it would be, like, seriously the thing that would have me, like, second guessing whether I wanted to be a vampire. Not that I think that I, I mean, I I don't think I would enjoy drinking blood, but I think as a vampire, there's like a, you know, an animalistic, like it doesn't really matter. Right. You're not going to be that grossed out. You would think it tastes delicious. Right. Well, I mean, and he's saying it just still tastes like blood, which is weird, but like he still craves it. Um, but like, the whole not being able to eat food that would hurt my feelings. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have a story for you. Tell us. And I don't know if I've told it before because, again, three years and I don't know what's been said or not said. So I don't know what I said I was two minutes ago. 
Yeah. I was pregnante, if you will, with my mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. And my, I had really bad nausea with smells. And I was cooking steak, meat, whatever. And I could smell the blood in the pan. And it was sizzling. Mm-hmm. And it was smelled coppery and oxidized and stuff. And that I still can kind of have that, like, bleh, thinking about it. Uh-huh. And this chapter, this part where he's describing, like, the stale blood in his back closet, like, yeah. instantly brought me back to that. It was off. It was horrific. He, yep. Yeah. That's Ooh. all I can think of, too, is just how gross. Yeah, that's so gross. No, thank you. And uh, by the way, I'm trying to peel the sticker off of this cover, and I think it might be Simon, not Jace. That's with Clary. Not that it matters, but. Mm. I don't anyway, know. Bummer. <laughs> so Izzy shows up uh, looking like a whole ass meal. And I know because this the description of her entrance is like half a damn page long. Yeah, at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I know it's a tool <clears throat> to remind the reader, like, what Izzy looks like because you're introducing her after, you know, a, a break. This is a new book. But the way it's, like, framed feels like Simon is kind of, like, marveling at Izzy and how she's this, like, hot girl that turns heads and people really take notice of her. Um, and it's sort of softened by his, like, sad boy, kind of <laughs> trademark sad boy with an eye <laughs> status. But his, like, internal monologue throughout the interaction is very, like, one note when it comes to Izzy. Like, he's not uh-huh. he's not really going deeper. He's kind of really, like, almost from a detached place looking at their relationship and interactions. I don't know. It was it was strange, but like he's also just like yeah, she's only dating me because you know it's just, it's weird. Anyway, right. I don't know how to feel. We're still early, so I don't know how to feel about this yet. Um, as she comes to sit with him, uh, we see the lens Simon views her their relationship through. The only reason that she's with him is because he's a vampire, and she only dates people that her parents hate. So, like it. It's, like, so much so that he's not even sure if they would be together if he hadn't become undead. <laughs> he's, like, I feel like this might be, like, the edgy thing she's looking for. So, I, right. I, I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if, if it's just him, like, protecting himself and, like, keeping things at arm's length because he doesn't believe that she's really actually into him. And so he's just kind of, like, uh but I just found it odd. Like, he hasn't talked about her personality at all. In, uh-huh. it's, it's, and it's, like, two pages worth of, like, with this, like, kind of exposition in his head, like, between conversation. And it's, like, you're talking about her, but you're talking about her like she's an object. You're not talking about her like she's a human, like, that has uh-huh. a connection with you like what do you like about her like I have no idea you don't have anything in common you know you're basically just saying she took you to you know took you shopping to fix you and what's going like what is this I'm I guess I'm just I'm still like I'm not convinced convince me what's (laughs) the investment here yeah (laughs) yeah uh-huh um uh so so he uh he doesn't really seem invested uh and I already said that. Um, 
It's still a red flag, though. So red flag number two, Simon's fashionista moment. Okay, first off, who paid for the $300 shoes? Yeah. That's what I want to know, too. Where did you get this money? You're literally a teenage boy that lives at home. You, you, you don't have a job. I mean, if you had a job, you certainly don't now. You've been gallivanting all over right. New York City for the past three weeks. Like, we have no idea. You've never uh-huh. worked. So. Maybe he gets paid for his band stuff. I guess. And, like, I, I understand, know. like, getting a little bit of a style up great, like a glow up, you do you. But, like, that's a lot of cash. And Simon seems just kind of all around pretty depressed. Um, and so maybe he's got some stuff to figure out before he gets into a relationship with anyone, let alone two girls at once, because that's right. All of Amanda's spidey senses were true. Simon's a two-timing, no good scrub, sort of. It's a YA book, so he has to have a, like, a tiny loophole in the fact that he's not had the exclusive talk with either of them, but like kidding me that's not an excuse yeah. when he's surprised when she says that she's his girlfriend mm-hmm. it made me so mad yeah you fucking idiot yeah. and so also simon's excuse about maya is that she was just like hanging out a lot and then one day they started making out and he just kind of went with it what what he's a terrible person you guys talk jump on talk about your <laughs> jump on it. Jump well, on. Anyway, the, the thing that really boggles my mind is that like you've been best friends with clary since kindergarten your best friend has been a female since kindergarten like you don't know how to talk to somebody mm-hmm. or have a conversation mm-hmm. like are you kidding me yeah well and you can't stop her from kissing you and be like oh i'm seeing i'm seeing izzy right? And his excuse is because he didn't know if he was, but like you've been spending so much time with her. If you felt like you well, were, and he says, he give says it a he's chance. Like dating her, which this is brings me to my sidebar. Okay, it might just be me, but this whole like we've been dating or I've been dating Izzy and I'm dating uh, Maya, the thing amongst the teenagers like that, it's weird to me because I feel like casual dating in the way that it's represented here as like you go out on dates with somebody casually. Um, I feel like that's a very antiquated like 80s, 90s version of what dating was like. And in the mid aughts, like that's not how we did things. That was not. No. Like it. It seems like it kind of might be coming back again, like with the twenty somethings. I don't know. TikTok seems like people are dating more, like casually right now. But okay. during the mid aughts, teenagers were either hooking up or you were together. Like there was no, like you you either hook up and you haven't DTR'd. Like there's no expectations, mm-hmm. and you're just like at a party or whatever, or you're together. Right? At least that's how it was for us. Yeah. I mean, they're 16. Like, what are you... I guess they're New York kids, so they're a little more... I, I don't know. And also, where are you getting it all this money? Very like, friends. sitcom yeah. 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 I'm like, this doesn't... You're trying to, like, put teenagers into something that, like, adults do. Like, this doesn't make any sense yeah. for them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was weird. Like... It just, anyway, and 
I don't know about like he's like well we haven't had the exclusive talk like what are, you're not in college like you're 16 <laughs> what do you mean you haven't had the exclusive talk I don't think anyone's expecting you to be macking on a bunch of girls you're fucking nerds yeah. Simon Lewis like <laughs> how many options do you even yeah, have you're a vampire like you what you've got so much more going on I don't <laughs> I mean but I guess like he is also a war hero so is that really why these two girls are into him no I don't know. but like maybe he's feeling himself I don't know that's fair honestly he seems actually kind of scared at this moment so uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like such a pushover that he just went with it because he didn't yeah, know what I, to like, do I don't he, didn't, feel he just didn't want to stay yeah exactly I don't feel sorry for him but I'm also not like horribly upset with him because I'm also just like looking at him like you're kind of pathetic mm-hmm. Like you're just a child. Yeah. You're a man child. Anyway, I don't remember anyone spending money on anyone in high school that they weren't actually seeing. Like, no one's going to spend money and, like, take someone out to a movie or something if you're not actually dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, maybe that's just, like, because I was poor. I don't know. I mean, it, we talk. It's talked about later in the chapter. His mom works for a nonprofit. I can't imagine that they're like rolling in the dough right, either. And he lives in Brooklyn uh-huh. as like, a family. Yeah, and he's constantly in the city. How do you? Right. I don't. I don't know. Don't they have school? I don't. I'm such a parent. So moving on. <laughs> this whole floundering Simon thing isn't working for me. He's just kind of like, whoa, what is my life right now? I went from nerd to hot vampire with two girlfriends. Oh, shucks. What am I going to do about it? It's immature, which he's 16. It's fair. But, like, didn't they just get back from war? Like, you would think he would act a little more adult. But then at the same time, maybe that's part of it, right? He was just a teenager at war. We don't know how these people are coping. Like, who knows? Well, and for like Jace or Alec or Izzy, it's like they've trained for this. Mm-hmm. They're almost of age. Right. You know, for someone like him, it's like I campaigned about this in an imaginary LARPing yeah. thing. But like I right. wasn't like expecting to really be thrown into it. So, yeah. And obviously later in the chapter, he's having like family issues anyway like home life issues mm-hmm. and stuff so it's just like what you're saying like bro focus on yourself first yeah yes. <laughs> you're like hmm, maybe this is a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. so they have this asinine conversation to remind the reader that shadow hunters live in a bubble and despite izzy having lived in new york city for at least six years okay because alec and jace became parabatai when they were 10 And they were in New York, so. Uh, Which would be her entire adolescence, okay? So the formative years of her life, right? Um, And she has a radically up-to-date fashion sense. But she has no concept of what Sesame Street is. Even though she had a little brother who grew up in New York City. Uh Uh-huh. And they like, have TV. What do you do? You only train and stuff. You don't ever watch TV. Right. Like there's too many. There's too many like. Um, uh, like references and things for. Mm-hmm. 
it to be um for for them not to like you pick and choose you have a cell phone you you know about fashion and you're always dressed in the nicest stuff but yet you don't know anything about anything else how do you know about fashion right okay. what about the magazines Any other pop that culture you're, stuff yeah. or yeah listen this might be spoiling but it's a light spoiler and i don't think anybody would really care okay there's another set of shadow hunters that we meet in the dark artifices Mm-hmm. And they very much use technology. They very much have a TV. They very much yeah. are more involved in culture and their street, you know, going out and, and the city mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it just seems like either Hodge, Hodge, if you will, mm-hmm. like kept Hodge. them antiquated or I was going to say Moira <laughs> instead of Maris. Sorry. <laughs> I would kill to see um, and w- that version. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, where she's like, oh, Alec, you've killed a demon. Alec, my baby. (laughs) Baby. Baby. (laughs) Ew, Jace, you got Iker all over my boots. Anyway. um, (laughs) uh, Maybe like maybe she's kept them more antiquated and sheltered and stuff, but it's not like a shadow hunter thing. And at least maybe right. we, I think this is one of those things where it's like, personally for me, it's like where you can see the writing kind of develop. Because even in the back half of Infernal Devices, we spent a lot less time on that stuff mm-hmm. and more time on the plot and things that were really exciting and, yeah. you know. like Yeah, it, it almost feels like we're trying to establish and show that difference between mm-hmm. their worlds. Where I just don't think it's necessary anymore. But I guess and, the idea is maybe so you can pick it up and start anywhere. Or like you just, you oh, know, hey, yeah, I forgot that up, like that fact. It was a year ago. I didn't reread and now I'm just getting like refreshed mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. And it might be, it might have been, it might have had something to do with the curse that Hodge had and the, the family being in exile and maybe trying to like, watch their P's and Q's and not assimilate out of like purpose or whatever. It, you know, it, there might be, it just feels like with as much as Izzy is rebellious and does whatever the fuck she wants. I feel like she, she would have at this point, she would have my space. <laughs> right. Well, right. You know, I mean, there's, a downworlder, the real there's is. a downworlder, you know, page or whatever chat room or something. Demon like, space. So. Yeah. Demon space. Yes. um honestly it's probably like the actual reason is because it was like a good quip for a joke Mm -hmm. like oh remember simon's funny and yeah but i feel like that's less and less and i'm here for it yeah Mm -hmm. anyway so thankfully this enthralling conversation is cut short by some creeps doing their creep thing by the dessert case so was it no it's riffraff by the desserts (laughs) (laughs) it's riffraff and his sidekick not magenta so we know (laughs) that gray skin and gaunt face anywhere but simon doesn't know 
So Izzy gives him a quick rundown on vampire subjects. So they live their personal snack bags for specific vamps. Usually, um, they live off vampire blood and animal blood, suspended between mortal and immortal. Um, and they change. They age very slowly, and they don't require food or sleep. They also worship their vampire. I can't imagine not requiring sleep. Did I make that up? I'm pretty sure that was in there. I I don't I'm, think so. I, I just I might have made that I part up. It. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't imagine not seeing him as riffraff. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, I mean, with the, with the eyes. Time like is the, fleeting. The deep eyes, the greasy gray skin, the weird scraggly hair. Oof. Very thin. I just like, like you're wasting your immortality. Mm -hmm. Of course, he wouldn't have it anyway. Exactly. But yeah. But also like how much of that is just they're under the effects of the vampire saliva and the vampire blood that, you know, they can't really, once they're hooked, you know. Can they really do anything mm-hmm. about well, it? And we know we saw these folks, these folks in Clockwork Angel, obviously. <laughs> but, like, there's no telling, like, what, how, what the year was when they first started, like, uh-huh. being enthralled to her. Like, how old are them? Them? Are yeah. They? How Sorry. immortal are they? Yeah. Yeah. How old are them? <laughs> how old are them? <laughs> Watch me what I can do. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, conveniently, Izzy wraps up her explanation just as the creepers start cre- they're creeping. Uh, these guys don't really walk. They just kind of, like, float over the, the ground. Um, and Izzy has a knife with crosses, like, to repel vampires. And she's got, it, like, in her boot, which I'm assuming her boots are thigh highs. Oh, my God. Right? Of course. I don't know. That it right. feels right. Um, uh, but we're reminded that crosses have no effect on Simon since he's Jewish. Um, and they had to draw a star, on, uh, a star of David on the uh, doorknob of his like prison cell in Idris, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, which still begs the question, are atheist vampires immune to all religious imagery? Like, do, right. does none of it work? How does... If they don't believe in God? Yeah. I feel like that's... Uh-huh. I feel like there's a giant hole. How does the magic know? Exactly. And why does it matter? Yeah. If one is true yeah. and the other is not, then why does it matter? Is it all psychosomatic? Right. This isn't going to burn. This well, isn't going to burn. And you we just... find out other things later, but we'll get to it. Anyways. Okay. Um, so the two subjugates introduce themselves as Mr. Walker and Mr. Archer, who we already know. Um, and they explain that their master is the head of the Manhattan clan and needs a meeting with Simon. And Simon, of course, assumes that they work for Raphael, uh, which is strange because when has Raphael not been the one to handle things himself? But like, OK, whatever. I just I don't know. Maybe Simon's just his head's not in it. Maybe his head's not in the game. Maybe he's mm-hmm. distracted. I feel yeah. like normal Simon would have, like, asked a few more questions and maybe been a little more asked some clarifying questions. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, Isabel is not into this. Um, the creepy creepsters aren't her biggest fans either. So, I'm going to read. Okay. <clears throat> Mr. Archer bared his teeth at her. Silence when you have the angel's children. Oh, wait. It doesn't say silence. It says since. Um, <laughs> King Henry, I was. Um, since when have the angel's children become the bodyguards of rogue downworld worlders? I would have thought you above this sort of business, Isabel Lightwood. I am not his bodyguard, said Isabel. I'm his girlfriend, which gives me the right to kick your ass if you bother him. That's how it works. <laughs> Simon's like, girlfriend? What? <laughs> <laughs> and you know in that moment, he's like, I fucked up big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, you know how I was like looking at her with doe eyes and being like, she's so amazing. Why would she ever? Oh, yeah, I already fucked it up. I already fucked it up. Right. I had yeah. the chance and I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. Oh, yep. So Walker chimes in that his master has a proposition for Simon and Izzy is vehemently opposed to the idea of him going alone. Um, but Simon admits, uh, or and Simon admits like internally that her experience and training, she's probably right. And he should listen to her, but, <laughs> but he's like a dude and he don't need to listen to her. <laughs> Did it bug you how many times? End. They were like, my master's like, yeah, yeah, Raphael. Like, like, how many times did you have to put that in there? Stop. Yeah. 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 So, as um, I just said. <laughs> Sorry, I was gathering my thoughts. Simon goes against Izzy's suggestion and says that he's going to go with these creepy ass dudes. And... Izzy's not happy. She tries to talk him out of it, but he's like, listen, you know Raphael won't just, like, move on. If I don't go, he's going to keep coming back for more. More, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? (laughs) So Izzy insists on coming with them, of course, as she would. Um, But they're like, "Uh, no, no cops allowed. There's a sign on the door. (laughs) It's like no girls allowed. Simon asks these fuckers to give him a minute alone with his girlfriend. Just kidding. I don't think he said that, but <laughs> he's not ready. <laughs> but they, yeah, yeah. Uh, they agree to give him a minute to chat with her, but like make it snappy because our master is waiting and like master doesn't like to be kept waiting. Bitch, nobody likes to be kept waiting. Okay. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> So Simon reminds her that they can't hurt him because of his fancy face tattoo. And plus, we all want to know the cheese mate. Like, he's like, Izzy, you know you want this cheese mate. So I'm going to go find out what is the deal. And um, <laughs> uh, he asks her not to tell Clary, though, because, like, you know, she'll worry like a little mama. And okay, it's unnecessary because we're fine. Everything's fine. It's Quick be fine. question. Do, are you sensing maybe a little tension surrounding Clary? Because I feel like I'm picking up on some tension. Okay. I feel like Isabel did not like the idea that he's sparing Clary from anything. 
I mean, I wouldn't I either. I don't. I don't think she's into it. I think she might be a teensy weensy insecure about their relationship. I mean, if that's one of the first things that came to his mind when he was mm-hmm. going, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I also think Izzy is just a little bit insecure. Which is crazy. But I just think we haven't seen it mm-hmm. yet. <clears throat> yeah. Uh-huh. Agree. People people that's, that I, are that, you know, out there and, you know. Mm-hmm. Extroverted. Yeah. 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 Confident on the outside. She's not coffee. She's not cocky. She's confident. Yeah, Yeah. but you can Uh tell that. Yeah, she she also doesn't take anything seriously. You know, there's Mm -hmm. like little those little like flags that you're like, meh. Maybe you might be putting on a show a little bit. Yeah, sounds like me. (laughs) Same (laughs) Z's. Fake it till you make it, baby. Okay, so while on this walk to the meeting, Simon starts to get hungry, and um, the animal blood that he had been hiding in the back of his closet, like in a little fridge, was starting to wear off, and although he was hungry, the thought of blood wasn't as appetizing as, like, chocolate or burritos once were, of course, because it still tastes like blood, and it's just sad. So gross. I can only... Robin, you really put, like that smell sense like that's what he's drinking it's so gross so i mean and what is he doing is he literally buying meat and squeezing it out and getting it putting it in a vial like is that how he's collecting i think they've got a hook up at the butcher so when it's slaughtered they get the blood well that's another reason like why wouldn't you want to go to talkies because that's what izzy asked like why are we here you could have at least had blood Well, and then that also raises the question is like is Simon searching for comfort and normalcy because his life is so crazy and he feels like he has no control. And so he's trying to go back to things that, you know, he doesn't want to go to the downworlder diner. He wants to go to his diner and he wants to feel comfortable. And even though he doesn't belong in those spaces necessarily anymore, it's sad. Mm -hmm. I will make you feel sympathetic (sighs) for him. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you the only time, I've cried has been because of Simon in a somewhere. <laughs> I don't even remember when it was. I just remember going, oh, my God, I can't believe this made me emotional. It makes me so happy. I feel like it was in this book. I feel I do. like there is a whole so we'll journey that we're going on. All yeah. of us. Yeah. As Amanda comes <laughs> to terms with that Simon might be an okay guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. He grinds my gears. He's really shit in the bed right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Amanda one, Simon zero. I feel like that is happening all over again. (sighs) All right. Well, because he's hungry, I guess it seems like it like turned like the faucet turned up when he was started to get hungry because the, his sense of smell of humans was like heightened. Basically he could smell their salty skin and their sweet, sweet blood. And it was getting him going in so many ways. <laughs> he fought like, like yummy and ew at the same time uh-huh. is what I mean. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> he fought the urge to bite and the urge to vomit. And um, they finally arrive at this trendy restaurant where the meeting place is. And he's like, 
this is weird. Raphael, get off my lawn, Santiago, isn't the kind of guy to meet at like a trendy restaurant. He's, you know, in this creepy hotel all the time. And they were like, are we going or what? Let's go. (laughs) I feel like that's how they were talking to him. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, his instinct was right. And when they get inside, it's not Raphael waiting for him, of course. It's a woman... Um, the creep guy's master is actually Camille, not Oh, Raphael. shit. <sighs> yes. And so Simon, like, brings up his little thought bubble, right? And he remembers in Idris <laughs> when Raphael had told him that he was leading the clan while Camille was gone. And so he's like, oh, shit, that's right. He wasn't the leader of the pack. Yes, they're a pack in this mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> so um, the subjugates left them alone to talk and she offers Simon wine and he's like, um, we can't eat or drink. Remember? You remember. <laughs> you, you remember. remember. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry. Someday you'll be able to handle beverage and maybe even when you're super <laughs> old and gray, you could eat some human food. If you're lucky. Dude, I want you to you know, know. Yeah. I had hot chocolate last night because I, okay, listen. Two things here, very quick sidebars. I put on Family Guy when we were eating dinner, and it made me think of you, Amanda. And mm-hmm. in the episode, Peter's like, I haven't even had time to put on a like a comfy sweater and like hold two hands against a hot mug. <laughs> yeah, because he's like playing like house dad or whatever. And so I made hot chocolate the other night because basically I wanted to have that feeling. They fucking caught me. They pegged me hard. Okay. <laughs> the only reason why I wanted it. and all I could think of the entire time was you saying hot beverage <laughs> I just need some hot beverage and it was a feeling and it made it, yeah. it, it it did it just a hot beverage it made your throat feel Wait. better with a hot beverage Wait, hold on I need some hot beverage Oh, a, yeah, hot a hot beverage. Okay. I was like, that's a yeah. very odd way to be like, this is the way I say it. <laughs> that is how she said it. I need some hot beverage because her throat was hurting. And that is how you said it. And it was hilarious. It was so Amanda. <laughs> oh, I love it. And then you asked oh. us at work. She's, she's like, yeah, you need some hot beverage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Apparently that is how I say it. Yep. Because I don't care if it's coffee or tea or hot chocolate when my throat hurts. I just want something hot. And you can't say that because it sounds gross. (laughs) Just want something hot in my throat. In my mouth. In my golem. Yeah. Because you are a human. (laughs) I said the golem makes a human in normal conversation. (laughs) Did not have the same effect. Okay. Did not. Oh, not well received. God. Who were you okay. talking? Wait, were you talking As you were. like a coworker? It was out in the wild. Yeah. I don't remember. But it... <laughs> it was out in the wild. She talked to a fucking a real a private person. citizen like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. a fucking civilian. A civvy. Oh, yep. My face is hurting from laughing too hard. We're back, baby. (laughs) 
<laughs> Last week okay, was weird. So the listen, vibe was weird. The vibe was so off. We were we were too low. Yeah, yeah it was. We were so tired. Yeah. yeah, it was silly. Next time we need to have some sort of a plan in mm-hmm. place. And I I should have done that because you guys do so much. <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> okay. So anyway, listen, if he eats human food someday when he's, I don't know how you practice that, by the way. Like, obviously, she makes it sound like someday maybe he'll find out. So maybe someday we'll know. But if he eats human food, even when he's old, it will probably just, like, give him the BGs or something. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're into that, cool. But you can at least handle it, you know. So Simon pushes the conversation to get to the point because he doesn't like to talk about poop, apparently. And um, he's... He's like, I'm on an important date. You interrupted me. And she's like, I just want to know why you haven't joined Raphael's clan yet. And he internally is like, isn't it your clan? Like, I'm confused. But okay. And um, he explains that he didn't really feel welcome by Raphael. And they basically made an agreement to leave each other alone. And um, when he realized he was a daylighter, he thought maybe he could still have a normal life and, like, go to school and still have friends and, you know, live normal. Because in his head, the only difference of being a vampire is you can't go in the sun at the time, obviously. Uh-huh. And so Camille points out that, like, your family is going to notice one day that you don't eat and, like, age and stuff. <laughs> so Yeah. What are you going to do, bro? Know. What's the plan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so eventually, through all of this small talk, sort of, she gets to the point and she wants to see the mark on his head. And he was surprised that she knew about it, but he went ahead and showed her. And she was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. I don't know why that's what I thought of. Sorry. So Simon doesn't agree. He feels like it's a curse. Um, but she's like, well, can you even handle it? And he's like, he turns into Usher and he's like, I can handle it. It's one of my favorite songs. Okay. Um, so anyway, she's like, well, maybe I can help you take advantage of it then. And Simon grabs his vampire popcorn and he settles in for this story slash plan. Cause he's like, tell me, girl, tell me, tell me why I'm here. Tell me the cheese may. I just want to know everything. So apparently the story that Raphael had told him about being a stand-in for Camille wasn't totally true. And she will tell him the story, but not until he agrees to keep it a secret. And they have to pinky swear he can't even tell Clary. Hmm. Pinkies. Pinky. Yeah. Hmm. How does she know about Clary? There's a Tommy, you know, like she's been following him. She knew he yeah. was at that diner, mm-hmm. so He's been tagged. Okay. So Simon has to play the part of snarky teenager. As you said, Kristen, he's still in that place. And so we asked Camille mm-hmm. what she's going to do about it. If he says that he doesn't want to go the route of the go-go's and say that his lips are sealed. <laughs> My lips not are doing sealed. it. Look at Thanks. that. None of us did Happening. it. I did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the answer to that question has less pizzazz than I anticipated, and it's summed up by basically, well, then you'll never know what I was going to say, and you're going to be, like, pretty bummed. And so, because yeah. Simon it's is a fanfare. millennial, he's got football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's curious, but he's not sure if he's that yeah, curious. of course. 
Is this, you I mean, know? He's not a cat. Right. Or a <laughs> monkey. Curious George. To sweeten the pot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Camille says that the need for secrecy is for her protection. It's not because, like, there's a threat or anything bad is going to happen to his friends. What she's going to say isn't going to have any effect on their safety. And I can totally feel this. And I like to think that she's just really dying to spill the tea. Um, but he's not letting her a la fourth grade. Okay. <laughs> like, guess what I'm doing this weekend? And then they answered that they don't care. And she was, like, this was a letdown. And I feel like I might have shared the story before and it doesn't match here, but I just got like a fistful of flashback embarrassment. So here we go. I'll share with the class. Tell us. The setting. Tell us. Kindergarten. Okay. But unlike Amanda, we're at tables. It is not circle time. (laughs) Okay. We're at tables. And the girls are sitting there talking about going to like bingo night with their moms. And then like their moms are going to take them to the salon to get manicures for the occasion. And they were asking oh everybody gosh. to like pick a color. Which color should I get? Pick my color. And I didn't really know what a manicure was. Or like even if I did oh, know, like I, my mom would have never taken me to do that. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't fathom it. Mm-hmm. And so in like my naive outcast self, I was like, guys, what color should you pick for me? And the head bitch in charge is like, why would you care? You're not even going. And I don't, like, I will never forget that. The five-year-old injustice, dude. That was it. I just. Oh. That's terrible. And then it reminded me of that guy. I I literally don't even care. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, that all came to my brain. pop up in your head when you're, like, stirring dinner randomly? And then you have to, like, physically uh, oh. do something to, like, make it go away. Like the shutter? Yeah. I think about that sometimes when I, when people are talking mm-hmm. and I have a thought or feeling I want to share that would have to go into their story, but they're not necessarily talking to me. I think about that. Like, why would you care? You're not even about this mm-hmm. conversation. And that voice is in my head and it is oh stupid. Because it was literally 30 years ago, but I will still always remember yeah. something so dumb. Yeah. And do you remember who it was that said it? Like, you remember her name? Absolutely. Yes, I do. I do. Okay. And does she sell Outer. MLM now? Who is it? Do I know who it is? I don't know. Probably. It. Anyway, It. we went through elementary school together. Oh, okay. And it's one of those things okay. that probably, it's one of those moments where it's like it had such a big impact on my life and it probably never mm-hmm. impacted the other person. So it's just well, funny course. how shit like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So... Always just try to be thoughtful before you speak. Yes. It's just hard when you're five. But anyway, that doesn't have to. If your parents raise you right. But yes, can relate, Robin. Can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh And like I said, I might have shared that before. I'm not sure. But it just, it really made me like the elementary school thing. And then it made me think about that. Because that was one of those times when I was like, the fucking injustice. Bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Simon thinks that Camille, Camille, that's how I feel like that would be the valley girl, Camille, is a little suspect, okay? She's sussy. Mm-hmm. And unlike their downloader brethren, vamps can lie. It's not a fairy, she can lie, but the suspense is too much and he caves um, to call to the call of the cheese may. 
<laughs> Not without the express warning that if he feels like anything she divulges will put his friends on the highway to the danger zone, then he's totally going to tell. He's going to turn back into a rat. <laughs> Camille turns her face into like a little ice queen. She's a little frosty. But she proceeds telling him, quote, very well. I suppose I have little choice when I need your help so badly. A bitch is intrigued. Mm. A bitch is intrigued. Right. Please go on. You win. Yeah. Camille tells Simon that she used to lead the New York City vampires in peace. That this beautiful pre-war building on the Upper West Side is their headquarters. It was awesome until Raphael came along and ruined everything. Moving to the clan to some seedy hotel, the Hotel du Mort. And he's like breaking covenant laws by murdering humans and dumping their body in the dumpster. And all the name says dump. That's not what the intended purpose was. <laughs> but when she went to confront him, she found out that somehow he hoodwinked everybody and told all the other vampires that she was a murderer. And it was just a ruse to be able to kill her to seize power. So she left with only Archer and Walker to keep her safe. Mm. Convenient. Oh my God. So Simon's like, so all this time he was just claiming to be like leading in your stead like why did he say that then why would he say that mm-hmm. and Camille mm-hmm. fans it off saying that Raphael is such an accomplished liar and um, like who knows what he's thinking he's just a big dirty liar and the only reason he wants her to return <laughs> is so that like he can murder her that's why might why he would say that might why he would say that I just <laughs> might why I, I it's hard for me to picture Camille running that clan because it feels like a younger clan i don't know why they're vampires like right i don't know it just maybe it is the hotel maybe that's what gets me about it i, I don't know. know i feel like to me it I seems would... yes tell me what are you saying robin to me it seems camille is very much the um what am I trying to say? The courtier, if you will. Not even mm-hmm. like she wants to, I said the wrong word. She wants mm-hmm. to be in charge and she wants mm-hmm. the power, but she doesn't want to deal with any of the bullshit. She just no. wants to overlord over it and just know that it's hers and she has all these awesome, nice things, but she doesn't want to deal with the politics or actually running the business. No. And I think that's what mm-hmm. Raphael did for her was all of the day to day. He was like the office manager and she was the CEO that came in yeah. once a year and like swept through and caused chaos and then left on vacation, you know? Right. But right. also, I don't know, this conversation with Camille, maybe this is just me and because I don't trust anyone. But, like, I'd be asking so many questions. I'd be like, this, this doesn't, mm-mm. Okay, look, Magnus vouches for Raphael. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't uh-huh. believe you. Yeah. Like, wait, Which, does Simon know that? Well, I mean, so Magnus and Raphael have been together. They were both there when... That's fair. Simon rose from the dead. He, You know, there's there's all these instances of Raphael being, like, coming and helping them out. And mm-hmm. he has a truce with Raphael. So why would he believe? I mean, I guess he's like, Raphael wants to kill me. But Raphael wants to kill you. He has a reason. Right? Okay, look, I'm not saying that, like, we should just, like, be okay with people trying to kill us. <laughs> 
But, like, Raphael wants to kill him because he thinks that he's unnatural. He thinks that there's something, like, it's it's not okay. Mm-hmm. He's too powerful. It's not okay. Like, that kind of a thing. And he has, like, he feels like a moral He hasn't obligation. healed from his religious trauma as exactly. a child. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I feel like, but, like, he's been, like, obviously I can't do it because, you know, like, the mark of Cain <laughs> and all right you know, you know literally right. turn into a pillar of salt <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> call me salt babe but mm. um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i, I just, do i would you be asking i mean i feel it this is suspicious mm-hmm. this is very convenient that oh well, uh-huh. it, he just lied and said it all about me like what can't tell anybody yeah, I, though because right, you might don't find ask out the real truth for co- corroboration right, yeah. on my story. Oh my god! So Simon is struck with the awkward's. Okay, <laughs> what do you do, or what do you say to an old ass vampire who has tears in her eyes, gushing her life story at you after you just met? But then he remembers. WWRD. So of course <laughs> he just says, "I'm sorry." Because that is always the right response. Okay. He knows. He's been taught. And so Camille shrugs her shoulders. And she's kind of like, it's in the past. Which is, again, sassy. And since she's been in London, like, since then, she's been in London biding her time making allies until she heard about Simon. Don't ask how. That's a secret. But Mm. she knew he was the answer to her woes. Because you see, Raphael is afraid of Simon, so he should, um, sorry, as he should be. Simon is one of Raphael's own, but he can't lift a finger against him without bringing God's wrath down on his head. They sit in silence for a moment. And the sensory overload here described is awful, okay? Mm-hmm. Negative is strike against the vamps on the which downward or do you want to be list, okay? That is mm-hmm. one in the negative column. I don't want all that. And then Simon comes to the real- to the realization that she just said the word, and he's like, he like he actually says you said it. She's like, elaborate, please. <laughs> so he struggles, of course, against the word God, and he stops with the wrath of, and it's like burning in his mouth. And she replies by saying, "Quote, yes, God." She retracted her hand, but her eyes were warm. There are many secrets of our kind, so many that I can show you, tell you. I said that backwards. So many that I can tell you, show you. You will learn you are not damned. That is a dangling carrot, my friends. Simon Mm -hmm. is a little slow on the uptake, so he's like, yes, all good and well, but what do you want from me? Like, this is kind of what she's lording over him. Mm -hmm. Right? Do what you, yeah. I have knowledge and it's like about what it's like (laughs) to be a vampire and I can Uh help you, you know, live a normal life that you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. I can. I'm the key. Does anyone else feel like like she is seeing a vampire cry would be really unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't Mm -hmm. think I would. Feel sympathy. I think I would be scared because I'd be like, nah, yeah. <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> uh-huh. No. <laughs> this whole thing is sussy. Anyway, 
she explains that she wants them to join forces. Collaborate and listen, if you will. They're going to march in the hotel together and stop Raphael. Once the other vamps see that Simon has sided with her, they'll know that they'll be safe and don't need to live under the fear that Raphael has them tied to. No man can contend with the divine. And Simon says he's not too sure about that because there was this dude, Jacob, and he like wrestled with an angel and he won. And I imagine him brushing like the dirt off his shoulder, even though it explicitly says that he shrugs and says Hebrew's cool, but that's what I saw. And then all I could picture was a man with like Raziel Raziel, when he's like 7,000 feet tall. Like, which I know, obviously, Ethereal was not, but like that was in my head. I don't know. I like it. How'd you do it? Okay. Camille recites some scripture that coincides with the legend that Simon had said. And she's like, look at us, two peas in a pod. I know about your scripture as well. And then she tells him that even if he doesn't realize it quite yet, as long as he bears the mark, then he is the avenging arm of heaven and no one can stand before him. Press the wrong button. Simon asks if, like, are so are you afraid of me? And she gets pretty chilled and basically is like, bitch, please. <laughs> You're a smart man. Now make a smart decision and join me. And he needs more information before he can, like, make that big of a decision. Um, he doesn't see the whole pack picture. In fact, he doesn't even, like, hate Raphael. He leaves him alone, which is kind of what he wants. Mm-hmm. But... Don't you know, Camille makes a perfect almond mom. Ew. And tells him that he doesn't really know what he wants. Like, you don't know what you want. You're a little fledgling baby. Raphael isn't helping you. He's exiling you. He can't just like you, Simon, you can't just run around with humans and shadow hunters hiding bottles of blood in your room and lying to your mother. What's going to happen in 30 years when everyone notices that you haven't aged? And Simon's like, wait, bottles of blood in my... How did you know that? How did you know that? (laughs) Seriously. Well, and when he makes her say this, like, I'll keep it a secret. She also says from your two females and your friend. The redhead one. So, yeah, and she knows everything. Like, she knows he's dating two chicks, and the chicks don't even know that. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and it seems to me it's almost like she's making this very, like, on the surface, non-threatening, but everything mm-hmm. she's doing is threatening yeah mm-hmm. it's very and she's subtle, completely like but she's weaving the web but she's also like found the right pressure points that might make him crack like he she knows what yeah. he's pining for she's hundreds mm. of years old she's a master manipulator yep. and he is a 16 year old boy yeah right <laughs> he didn't stand a chance simon Dude, for real. <laughs> Simon had no answer because he hadn't thought about it. Trying to basically the ignore, like ignore the problem, which is true millennial status. He's mm-hmm. one of us. Yeah. If I just ignore yes. it, it'll go away. I haven't Ostrich. thought yeah. about what's going to happen in 30 years. Because that's like. Yep. Heads in the sand. It's a long ways away. Yeah. It's not. Bro, it's not. <laughs> it's I promise. So I, it's close. not. <laughs> <laughs> Camille continues by saying that Raphael has told him that other vampires are p- p- poison to him. But it doesn't have to be like that. 
Eternity is a long time to spend alone without others of your own kind who understand what you're going through. Hanging out with shadow hunters doesn't make him one. He'll always be an outsider. But he could belong if if he were with her. She can teach him all the ancient knowledge, like eating, drinking, and even speaking God's name. Then he could truly keep his secret. Raphael has made him to believe that it can't be done, but it's just another one of his lies. Simon is like, yes, you can help me, but only if I help you first. Like, this is the catch. And then, like, he suddenly gets this wave of, like, he's like, God, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I want to think this over. I need to talk to Clarissa so she can explain it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Camille says that she, like, she's like, he sits in silence. So, like, all of these thoughts are kind of, like, brewing in his head and they're just staring at each other. And so Co- Camille's like, she says, like, I, she knows that she's dropped a bomb and he might need some time to think it over. And she's going to give that to him. But just know that every minute that she's in New York with Raphael and his cohorts, she's in danger. Mm-hmm. Dude, she's laying it on thick. She really is. Yeah. <laughs> she is. And of course, Simon has to like LOL at her use of the word cohort. And the joke isn't funny to her because she's like an OG boomer. <laughs> But it'll be nice. She's like, she tells him it'll be nice to have him around because, like, it'll keep her young and hip with the new, like, generation of amps. And all I can think of is that, ah, you girls keep me young. Yeah. 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 Yep. So she goes in for the clothes because she wants that watch. She wants coffee. Coffee's for closers. And she's like, are you going to do it or not? But Simon tells her that he needs some time to mull it over. He's not going to make this rash decision. So she agrees to give him five days and sends him off with a vial of grave dirt. That way she'll know that he's summoning her. Like he just has to break it or whatever. And if he takes more than five days, then she'll just send Walker for his answer. Not threatening at all. Not at all. Mm. This is not a threat. That's so bad. Mm. Just five days seems like a very long time. Maybe. To make a decision. And then also, I mean, what the fuck is with the grape dirt? Never heard of this before. Well, I, yeah, I think, like, it's her, it's dirt from her grave. And then when you smash it, it, like, it has, like, a link to her. It's, like, a psychic link to her. And it, like, tells her to come. Um, at least I'm so assuming. Then she's like, but make sure you vacuum it up and put it back in the vial so you can use it. <laughs> right. It just reminds me of that, like what we do in the Shadows episode where they're talking about the grave dirt. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. I just think it's so Uh cool. Yeah. Like it's the vampire zone, like fire message. It's cool. It's like like, a pager. It's like a vampire pager. Uh I was just going to say it's like a pager. Yeah. You know what's so funny is I think you're kind of right. I think the vampires are kind of like the boomers of the down world. And like oh, yeah. the warlocks are like, I don't know. I feel like the warlocks are the millennials because they're depressed. And like the fairies <laughs> are Gen Z because they're just like fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the, were- well, werewolves the thing are is, Gen I X feel and they just like... want to be left alone. Dude. <laughs> Sometimes. I, um, I feel like, and I don't know if I'm, again, 
all of this fantasy stuff kind of like mixes together, right? Mm-hmm. You got lore mm-hmm. from other things that go with yeah. whatever. And it kind of makes me feel like it's, especially Camille, her personally would be like Nandor or like Nadja, where she's like more like Nandor with Guillermo. Like just, she's not turning anybody. She doesn't want fledglings. Uh-huh. She's just keeping people around to like do her bidding and let her like drink off of them and then whatever. But she's like promised it. So she probably hasn't been around mm-hmm. new vampires right. and she can't like uh-huh. belittle herself to hang out with common folk. So no. yeah. Yeah. She is stuck in the old ways. So, Simon asks, of course, like, what's going to happen if the answer is no? Which I'm really proud of him for saying that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Like, not necessarily that it's Simon, just a person in general. Like, mm-hmm. that was oh, yeah. good. And um, she says that if the answer is no, that she'll be disappointed, but they'll part as friends. Which, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. trust it. And then she dismisses him <laughs> with a goodbye. He's dismissed. It's oh. awkward leaving, but Simon doesn't want to talk anymore, so he slinks his way out, giving the little rascal salute. Like, he, like, waves his fingers at Archer and Walker, and they're, like, not impressed. And they walk over and sat, sit down with their master, and she basically, like, de-illuminated, like, mm-hmm. the lights, and they vanished. And so there's literally a page break, and then we reunite with Simon as he's arriving home, wary about disturbing his mom. And she has had a giant shift in her typically relaxed behavior after he's since after and since he's come back from Idris, despite Magnus performing a memory spell on her. And he thinks it's almost like she doesn't consciously have the memory of him being gone, but like there's something in her that knows something's something's wrong. wrong. Mm-hmm. So she's super overprotective and like before he would like basically have free reign and now she's like what are you doing who are you with where are you going blah 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 and it's just the vibe is off as we say so unlike the last time like because he's flashing back to this last time in his head um where like she was in the hallway looking like red foreman and fuming like where have you been i'm gonna put my foot up your ass um simon's at the door and he can hear the tv in the living room And he's, like, bracing himself to get ready to lie to her. And he does think about how it's been hard to not eat around his family. But his mom works really long days and his sister's off at college. And she only comes home, like, occasionally to do her laundry. And so he just throws the food away on his way to school that she prepares for him. And when they do have dinner together, he pushes the food around his plate like I used to do when we'd have chicken cacciatore. Sure, it's a lovely dish. Just not how it was prepared or something that was vomit inducing. No, thank you. (laughs) Or he'd be like, I have to study, so I need to eat in my room. Or even worse, sometimes he'd take a few bites and then he'd spend all night praying to the porcelain gods. Oh, wretching. Yep. And of course, he doesn't like lying to her, but, um, you know, the whole Jocelyn pre Vitang, like, vibe that she's got going on um it sucks so um what are you gonna do i don't know he doesn't really have a choice he has to lie but he was Mm -hmm. in luck because tonight she was sleeping she wasn't actually awake 
Like she was, you could tell she was stationed on the couch waiting for him, but he fell asleep before he got home. And so he goes in and gets like a crocheted blanket and lays it on top of her. And Mm -hmm. she starts to stir, clearly having a fitful nightmare where she's like calling out for Simon and asking where he is. And a part of him wants to like wake her up to reassure her that she's home. But then he like decides that he'd rather dodge the conversation. Like, and second thought, I don't want to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. So he goes in his room and he's like, I just want to call Clary. And like, obviously he can't talk about the encounter with Camille because breaking a promise to like an old ass vampire is just not a good idea. But um, Uh he still wants to hear her voice and just have it be familiar. So he decides to call her so they can like dish on his love life. Hmm. And I feel like she gave him pretty shitty advice, by the way. Yeah. Sidebar. What, like, tell them I will, basically? No, what does she say? Like, figure out what's going on with Isabel before you decide, like, you know, whatever. Mm. Which, yeah, is is bad advice. And also, um, your girlfriend asked you to call her first. That's exactly what I was thinking. She knew you were gone and with them. She's going to be waiting for you to call. And she asked him to call her first. Yeah. And now he's going to call Clary? Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, you guys, there's something wrong with this <laughs> He's a fucking kid. That's what's wrong with him. Well, and I wonder yeah. if that's like, yep. Clary, is that very like, pick me, I'm not like other girls mm-hmm. thing. So maybe it's, she's trying to give him bro advice. Maybe. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Either way. We'll figure out more <sighs> next week when we yeah. go over chapter two, Falling. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.